Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to have safer neighborhoods, safer communities, and our children are going to get a good education. Because education lifted my father out of poverty, education lifted me out of poverty, education will lift us all out of poverty because we, we must have marketable skills so that our children cannot just survive, but they will thrive and they will create generational wealth. That's what this is about. That is the sound of a black woman, for what it's worth, an immigrant black woman being sworn in as the lieutenant governor of Virginia and the capital of the Confederacy. Wait a second. In the Jim Crow South? In Jim Crow 2.0? On steroids. But, of course, she is a Democrat. No, she's a Republican, no less. She believes in school choice and opportunity and the rest of it. I I am rooting so hard for Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears, perhaps the best name in politics. Dick Army used to be the best name in politics, just in terms of <laughs> sheer testosterone. Boy, you better be good with your fists and your wang if your name is Dick Army. (laughs) Moving along, uh, Winsome Sears, the delightfully named Virginia Lieutenant Governor, gave a terrific speech that we didn't get time for, but it's so positive, so life-affirming. Do we do that anymore, Jack, on this show? Do we do life-affirming? Only negative. Anyway, she's a Jamaican immigrant, came to the U.S. when she was six years old, and she said a lot of great things in her speech. She said, I think I am a visible success story that says to people, you can do it. You will do it. No matter your gender, no matter your color, even no matter where you were born. Because here I am. I came from Jamaica, and here I have made it. Wait a second. Has somebody not explained to her systemic racism? Somebody apparently has not explained that to her. Well, they explained it to her very poorly because she didn't believe it and became a raving success. Are you going to look at the glasses half full or half empty? Because if it's half empty, that's a negative view of life, she said. That's where too many of our political leaders come from. And all it does is serve, I think, their nefarious agenda to divide us and to say, you're a victim, you're always going to be a victim, and the other people are oppressors. And so... And this is the bottom line, folks. Never forget this is the bottom line. So you need us, say the politicians. Why do you think they would try to convince an entire segment of America that they didn't have a chance? Well, because they try to convince them you don't have a chance except through us. Except by following us and worshiping us and putting us in power. Sears even seemed to take issue with being asked about being the first black woman to be the Virginia lieutenant governor, noting how mentioning her race ignores the larger picture of being the first woman of any race to hold a job. And I think that's part of the problem, she said. We, for a lack of a better word, segregate ourselves in divisive ways. That's not a conducive, that's not conducive to healthy relationships. So, uh, granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday, given the speech on his birthday... States, as if it's an accepted fact, 
that we're a country run by white supremacy. And if they don't change the voting laws, it will continue to be a country run by white supremacy. Meanwhile, Joe is quoting a black woman who is the second most powerful person in South Carolina. Virginia. Virginia, I'm sorry. In Virginia, Mm -hmm. the seat of the Confederacy. Right. Right. Wow. Is anybody willing to take on those two uh, contradictory facts? Are we just going to pretend that they don't exist? To the idiotic notion that uh, anybody who's against critical race theory and social justice warrior garbage in our schools, quote-unquote, doesn't want the kids to learn about racism, that is a false and bitter accusation. I think everybody should learn about racism. Reconstruction, the Jim Crow era, all of it, the civil rights movement, the, the giant leaps forward, segregation, desegregation. The pros and cons, the welfare state, the rest of it. We ought to study that stuff carefully in schools. Anyway, to that point, the Winsome Sears says, you have to teach about the racial issues. You need to know where we were wrong so that we can move forward and write things. The way to write things is to have that opportunity to have a good education. It's to give parents choice. Oh, Lord, say the left. Silence that black woman. How dare she? School choice. Ah. And she says, we're going to teach everything. We're not going to sugarcoat anything, because the one thing we've learned from history, as someone once said, is that we don't learn from history. She pointed uh, to Nelson Mandela, another of the discredited, now seldom spoken of civil rights heroes heroes of the last century. She pointed to Nelson Mandela as an example of how to deal with adversary. I'm sorry. Slow down, Joe. Slow down. It'll be okay. (laughs) She pointed to Nelson Mandela as an example of how to deal with adversity without being weighed down by it. Quote, he wasn't looking for retribution. He wanted to say, let's talk about what happened and let's move on because we must. We can't keep dividing ourselves. Those are the kind of leaders we're looking for, like Mandela. Good stuff. I wish you got more attention. Let's hear just a little more. There are some who want to divide us and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once but twice. And here I am living proof. Now, the woke crowd would say, well, she's just internalized white suppression, uh, white supremacy, and is the house blank, you know, blah, 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 because they're so hateful. Yeah, what was that term, somebody, and who came up with it? We talked about that a lot for a couple of days. The the black, oh, that was uh, when what's-his-name was running for governor in California. The black face of white supremacy. Larry Elder was the black face of white supremacy. That's what According to the L.A. Times, yeah, obscene. That's what she is. It is yeah, absurd. What a what a great gal. I admire her so much. Here's my favorite headline of the day. I have a feeling Joe is going to hate this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Woman's tongue replaced with thigh to fight cancer, and it grew leg hair. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to take in there. Yeah, I feel like I need more information. Well, so she had tongue cancer, evidently, and they used flesh from her thigh so she would have a tongue. She probably probably, uh, reads sentences better than I did about two minutes ago. 
Unfortunately, her tongue now grows leg hair. I've woken up with hair on my tongue after a long, long night of uh, drinking. Oh, yeah. Just felt that oh, yeah. way anyway, like I needed to shave my tongue. Yes. Um, well, I guess that's a good news, bad news story. Good news is you got a tongue. Bad news is you're going to have to shave it occasionally. Well, if you've lost your tongue from cancer, I think you can put up with that. What's she going to do, complain? Probably not. How, how well does it work, I wonder? I don't know. I wonder why your thigh. Is there something particular... I don't know. It's like they use your hiney skin for skin grafts for your face because the skin is similar, I know. If you're a butt face. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, Actually, you, you want to hear something interesting about skin? I'm of the age, and as a longtime baseball player and golfer, I now regularly see a dermatologist. And she said, you want to know what the sun does to your skin? Look at your forearm. And my forearms are every bit as gnarly as the average golfer. Look at the the top of it, the dark part. Flip it over now and look at the bottom of it. Look how yeah. different it works. Yeah, freckles of plenty, just weird patches and rough, and then the rest of it's like a baby's hind end. Yeah, I noticed that with my kids, um, who have grown up in the generation where we don't allow them to get any sun exposure for the most part, or we try anyway. Like, my one son has had one sunburn, and the other one, I think, never. And their skin is so perfect. You know, part of that's youth, but I got lots of sunburns by the time I was their age. Oh, please, like one a month. Yeah, like painful, blistering, peeling sunburns. Nobody does that anymore, wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, one of the things I'd do if I could go back in time is definitely get less sun exposure. Yeah, well, as Positive Sean used to say, credit where it's due. He said if people refer to sunburn as radiation burn, people would take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kids, we got a local kid, a local high school kid who got a perfect score on their SAT. I'll give you like two guesses what country the kid's parents come from. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk two guesses. And 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 we'll talk a little more about that because I think about that with my own kids. Um, among other things on the way, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Guy's burning a blunt down during the commercial. Yeah, I saw that um, appealing to uh, that crowd, I guess. Anywho. Um, I'm guessing this high school student didn't spend a lot of time doing that as this, uh, Apruvra Mishra scored a perfect score on the SAT at uh, high school in Davis, California. Um, dad's name is Rajiv Mishra. I'm guessing they're a family of Indian descent, which is usually the, the family that wins the spelling bee. The is the top mathlete and gets the perfect score in the SAT at your local school. Now, unless you believe in racism, um, it's not because people of Indian heritage are just automatically smarter. 
They have a culture of valuing education more than we white people do in America. Above practically everything, by the way, in a kid's life. <clears throat> For better or worse, and that's a that's a different debate. But I, I remember the story I heard. Um, so this is getting a lot of attention. Kids get gets a perfect score on the SAT. I told this story a while back of a friend of my son's who's from Vietnam. He, he grew up here, but his mom's from Vietnam, grew up in Vietnam. And she said, uh, she's a brainiac college professor type, but she said, it's just so weird here because the high school I went to, you were expected to get a perfect score on your SAT. We all did. That was what was expected of you. And here wow. they celebrate it like some major accomplishment. Well, like a miracle. Like a miracle, like nobody can really do that. You're just a freak of nature. But she said it was expected of us. We studied all day long. Everybody did to make sure you'd get the perfect score in the SAT so you could go to the next level of highly competitive, you know, education. Wow. And I'm not arguing for that, but I think we and I, certainly my family and the expectations I put on my kids. Oh, this is where this comes from. When uh, when I, I was talking once about uh, one of my kids in school and how I, I tell them, you know, I had told them, I just want you to put in effort. If you're trying hard, you know, I'll accept however it turns out. But you just need to ter- try hard. And some Asian parent texted me and said, you white people are so funny <laughs> for me saying that. Um, and it is, you know, it's just it's just true. I mean, there's no getting around it. We have uh, lower expectations and give a much wider berth for success than a lot of people from India, Nigeria, you know, name 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 a number of countries where they just the culture is they make it a higher priority. No, you're not going to play video games or baseball. You're going to study. You know, I think it's funny something just clicked in my head. Uh, it's it the, the topic I guess is consciousness. I'd mentioned several times earlier this month that Judy and I were doing the dry January thing. Well, we had we were invited to a social occasion last weekend Saturday um, with friends and it was wine themed and game night and blah blah but sounded fantastic and so we went and we decided yeah we're gonna go ahead and and, and drink wine with everybody else so do you call uh, it dry January ish now is, it, uh, is that uh, I going? don't really I don't call it anything as a matter dry ish <laughs> January but, see, it sounds good to me but so here's um certainly drier January you should have hung around me in December great Scott anyway um <laughs> Wet anyway, December. Was, oh, drowned December. Uh, drunk December. Anyway, so uh, I was thinking about this. All right, so I did that. Uh, what's the plan going forward? And the plan going forward is um, at least Sunday through Thursday, I don't drink at all um, for a while. I'm going to decide. But then Friday, I am going to make a deliberate and conscious decision. What am I going to drink? How much am I going to drink? Okay. I just wanted to be more conscious because I tend to be a habitual drinker. I reach for a bottle, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a shot of bourbon, something like that, or a sip of bourbon um, at 5, 6, 7 o'clock at night just because that's what I do. A ladle of bathtub gin. Whatever is available. Exactly my point. It's, it's habitual. It's not conscious. Here's the reason I bring that up. Um. We 
have lifestyles in a relationship with education versus recreation in this country that's habitual it's not conscious mm. i think some parents this is not true of and and i i salute ye do you take a look at the say seven levels of emphasizing education over recreation for your kids or education over athletic endeavors or whatever. Are you making a conscious decision choosing what you think is best for your child? Or are you just kind of going with the flow of the people around you? And I think a lot of human beings, and, and it's true of all sorts of subjects, we just go with the flow of the people around us in many, many different ways. The people around an Indian family, uh, an Asian family in many cases, particularly in the old country, but among first-generation immigrants, it's true. The flow people around them is to work like crazy. The flow in other cultures and subcultures around America is to not work at all. It's to not value it at all. Let's be conscious of that. Admit it for the kid's sake. Well, some of it is the welfare state. In India, you could actually starve on the streets. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't in the United States, really. Right. Yeah, I would would agree. And the idea that it's, quote, unquote, blaming the victim to actually take a look and consciously say, this is the lifestyle. This is what you have taught your children. To call that blaming the victims is idiotic, and it's child abuse, in my opinion. Do you agree? Disagree? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, text 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on it. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. AT&T and Verizon have agreed to postpone new 5G wireless service near some airports. Major airlines are warning 5G could cause catastrophic disruptions in air travel. They say it could interfere with instruments used to navigate in low visibility. 5G wireless is supposed to offer faster, more reliable service. The president says he will work with airlines and wireless carriers to reach a permanent, workable solution. Hey, smart people, 5G's rolling out across the country today. Do I have it now? Now, it's said 5G on my phone forever. All right, I know a bunch of you are going to text and call and say that. My phone is 5G. It's said 5G. It's 5G capable. You didn't have 5G until today. It was impossible. We didn't have any 5G networks anywhere. They just turned them on today for the first time. So it says 5G up in the corner of my phone. Is it now 5G? I can't really tell like when I'm like Googling stuff if it's faster or not. 5G is supposed to be, I forget how many times, but way faster than what we had before. My question is this, and I've heard differing opinions on this. If 5G, 5G is as fast as they claim it is, isn't that going to lead to a whole bunch of people canceling their Wi-Fi at home? Um, I don't, why do I need Wi-Fi for if I can just get through my cellular plan, watch my movie? Right. Uh, uh, and, and then for those of us who do have Wi-Fi, is it going to speed that up because we have way fewer people? Um, you know, the throttling that down. You know, I'm scanning my addled memory banks. We've gotten some great emails from folks who are involved in tech and really have a firm grasp on this who've pointed out that 
Um, the uh, 5G is an amazing capability in that it can zap data to you uh, in just a miraculous speed. Instantaneous downloads of movies, for instance, on your phone. Uh, but the limitation is in all the other infrastructure, uh, the, the the carriers, all those carriers aren't ready to, to send that much data to and fro. Okay. So there are going to so, be enormous hang-ups from, from what I recall. That makes sense to me. There is regularly a um, a weak link in these sorts of things. Huh. All right. Well, if you know anything about it, and a lot of you do, text us or email us, and maybe we can talk about it more tomorrow. I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been more good information on this as it's rolling out today. Of course, everybody should be surprised that you got down to the like hours before they're going to turn it on, and the airplane... The airports were saying, oh, well, you can't do that. Our planes will fly. Um, how did that happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm scanning some of the emails we've gotten on the topic. Um, basically, it's overhyped, at least for now, without a lot of detail. But it's real, um, right? In other countries, they have 5G, and it's considerably faster than, than what we've had. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy fast. Uh, I think this is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, well, it's true that five... This is from uh, Brandon. <laughs> His name is actually Byron, but he's asking us to call him Brandon. Let's go, Brandon! Uh, well, it's true that 5G <laughs> is able to transfer data at extremely high rates. It is all still funneled back to a tower and placed on fiber ap- optic trunks for transit back to the Internet. So, yes, upgraded infrastructure will certainly be needed for a lot of those carriers and the backbone infrastructure companies that will need to handle that increased capacity. Uh, so it reminds me of when HDTVs got hot, and this is back when I still went to bars and sports bars, and all the sports bars put in HDTVs, but their local network was not HD yet, so it was actually blurrier than it was before. It was actually worse than it was before for quite a while. Before HD content started going out to their HD TVs. And here's the part I kind of sort of remembered. Um, bah, bah, bah. Uh, the thing Jack will need to be more concerned with when using 5G from a phone rather than Wi-Fi will be the rate restrictions. No company will outright tell you this, but it is trivial to slow down a user's data rate without outright stopping you from passing data. Unlimited data, the quantity, is the advertisement of companies, but limited data rates is the policy. The technique employed is quality of service tagging, where every packet of data sent is given a priority rating. Higher rating, higher priority, faster transfer speed across the network. Think of it like a highway. Verizon, Comcast, etc. will never say, you can't drive any further on the freeway this month. Instead, they'll simply quietly change the lane you're in so you can't drive faster than 35 miles per hour. Mm. Well, I was planning to mine a lot of Bitcoin, so my data <laughs> needs are... On your up. phone? Yes. On my wow. wow. Okay. There's no. There's no way to measure how little I understand what I just said. I don't have any concept <laughs> of what I said. Need an electron microscope. Um, I'm trying to decide. I, I came up with something I wanted to talk about, but I navigated away from it to to find those emails. Let me read this one text while you're looking for this. Back on the topic of uh, the kid that got the perfect score in the SAT and. How hard you push your kids. Every family's different. Got this text. Kids will live up to your expectations at our house. You have to have straight A's. 
Aside from maybe two Bs over the years, my four kids have all done this so far. We tell our high schoolers they have to get a 30 or over on their ACT exam. I assume that's high. Or they have to keep taking it until they do. Both kids that are old enough, too, have done this. They realize that this is what it takes to go to the school of their choice. My argument would be, unless you want to be a specific something or other, I'm, I don't care about getting into the school of my choice. But They still do all the normal kid things, but they know when they have to stop and study to accomplish what they're expected to do. So maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's a bad idea. I don't, you know, it's for everyone to judge. Mandatory right, straight to. A's in your home. And you have to be realistic about your kids' capabilities, too. Yeah, different people have different skill sets. There are people that you could whip physically, and they're never going to be able to get straight A's. It's just right. not their thing. Right. I'm not sure that be, able be to a do good motivator else. anyway. They'd probably kill you in your sleep. <laughs> anyway. So uh, I came across this. I, I, I mentioned this article before, and I did a quick search, and I found it. It's uh, the latest in a series of these. This is from the WAPO. And uh, Judy's got the vid, and I almost certainly have the vid. I feel perfectly fine. Which means um, I probably have it. No, that's You're a right. super Every, spreader. Now everybody's got it. Um, it's an article about Aileen, a 30-something graduate student in Ohio. Wait a minute. Let's start there. 30-something grad student. Maybe uh, she went back to school. I'm curious. What's your address, and what's your parents' address? Are they similar? Yeah. Anyway, she uh, she's vaccinated and boosted. She took a COVID test last week ahead of holiday travel to Atlanta. She was stunned when it came back positive. Aileen, who spoke on the condition that only her first name be used, is still puzzling over how she got it. Was it because she wore a cloth mask rather than a medical grade one? Uh, the most painful part, though, is I feel embarrassed. I feel very embarrassed and dumb. Gotcha. It's only. Because only rural Trump voters get the COVID. You have to be a moron. I get it. You're a grad student in a blue city, so you shouldn't get it. Whatever. This is my favorite part, this sentence. And you're absolutely right. It's eye-opening that I feel so much shame from it. I'm realizing how much judgment I was secretly harboring against people who got it before. Yeah, except you weren't so secret about it. The secret part isn't true. The rest of it absolutely is. I've had zero judgment from beginning till now about people that get COVID. For crying out loud, it's one of the most easily caught viruses in the history of the world. Coronavirus! It could get it anywhere. How could you have judgment on somebody who gets it? Shame. Shame. Said Jessica Stern, clinical psychologist at NYU. There's been this large narrative about the importance of controlling your actions to prevent yourself from getting sick and Has transmitting been? illness to other people. Has there been? Not in my world. Well, see, yeah. Yeah, in the NYU world, the New York Times reading, holier than now, I'm so obsessed with hating Trump, I've turned off my entire intellect world. Yeah, there is. Because the narrative is so closely connected to our behaviors, I think there's this implication or this assumption that if you get sick, you must have done something wrong to bring it on yourself. Have you been following? No, you haven't. You have not been following the stats on this. There's all kinds of information. Remember when we determined like a year into this thing that Florida and California ended up in the same place with numbers, rates of deaths, hospitalizations and everything like that with vastly different attitudes about shutdowns and schools and all that sort of stuff. I guarantee the people in this article don't know that. So it's not the behaviors. It's just the viruses. I mean, they, it plays a role. I'm not saying mask distancing, avoiding crowds doesn't do anything. 
but it's really hard to avoid this thing. Okay, now I've had a have a bias. Bias. I want all the people that were looking down on those who got the COVID, like there's something wrong with them. I hope you get Omicron. I hope you get Omicron now so you can puncture that balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go into shame has a history of being connected to various health diagnoses, such as HIV or even for decades, cancer. Well, that's a long, long time ago. It comes from thinking that you're being seen and judged by others. And gosh, look around. Everybody's got the damn thing. They make the point, which is true. I just it's so interesting, you know, in the same way that they, you know, have never seen a news story, or read a news story pointing out what Jack just did about the blue states and the red states. They ended up in the same place eventually. Just differing peaks of the wave and that sort of thing. It's just the the idea that we can control in a significant way the spread of uh, you know the various incarnations of the Chinese bat fever is just silly. Yet people cling. I guess they some people need more control than I do psychologically. I don't know why exactly. Um, I get that you can protect the especially vulnerable to a large extent and make sure they're vaccinated and the rest of it, and that we can do and that we should do. But in terms of, like, on a societal level or a state level or or a, even a city, the idea that we can we can beat the virus, we can defeat it. You know, in, in fact, the, the, the freaking Biden administration is still saying, we're going to get control of this thing. You know why they're saying that? Because they know the Omicron peaks and goes away so quickly. Right. Right. You freaking liars. Anyway, it just, the need to say we can control it, I don't get, there's so much data, folks. It swept over Sweden, which was open. It swept over Italy, which was closed down like a prison. It swept over countries of all descriptions in between. Similarly, states and cities and regions in the United States Jesus, Lord, how can you still be so ignorant of how this thing behaves? And in some places where they had more success with trying to control it with, like, really uh, draconian lockdowns, you have to answer the question of, do you think that's worth it? Yeah, if you locked everybody in their home, you can control it. If you shut down every business and school. But do you want to live that way? No, you don't. That's right. Even my little screed, as entertaining as it was, was incredibly myopic. (laughs) I mean, because you have all those other costs, which in many cases are utterly devastating, and in terms of the children, unforgivable. Hey, I got something for you to look for in the president's press conference this afternoon, which I plan to take in. Well, if he um, wanders off onto the South Lawn and they have to retrieve him, that's... Well, that bad, Kevin Kerr. Right. As Jonah Goldberg is fond of saying, at some point, President Biden starts yelling, get these squirrels off of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. couple of texts we got 5ge is not the real 5g so my phone today says 5ge on it i'm almost certain it never has before you've been but duped. i have, I have, have <laughs> I? I have no idea what that means we got this text that i really liked uh 5g is the bitcoin of nfts 
Oh, my friend. You write with a keyboard dipped in sarcasm. I couldn't understand that less. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Um, I'll bet cellular carriers said they were just going to flip the big giant 5G switch to get the government to move faster on the whole airplane issue. That could be. All right, we got it. There's a great big giant 5G switch we're about to turn on, so you better get your act together. When yeah, you know, honestly, not... they've probably been begging the FAA to deal with this for a decade and a half. And it's right. still, we're, the undersecretary of the assistant uh, undersecretary's undersecretary is reviewing it. 5G is the Bitcoin of NFTs is my favorite text of the week. Um, so here's something to look forward to with the president's press conference. Uh, we kind of downplayed its importance earlier. He has done very few of these. Uh, multiples less than every other modern president of interaction with the press. And we all know why. Uh, So it's rare that he's going to have a press conference today, but we were talking about earlier how uh, it's going to, first of all, they're going to give him the shot of whatever drug that was he took before the debates that makes him more alert. And then secondly, it's going to be uh, pre-known questions pre-selected journalists the caveat is this and this has been reported on by left right and center the press was tougher on biden in the last week or so than they have been his entire presidency for whatever reason they're disappointed in the job he's done with so-called voting rights or or got tired of them or whatever but the press has turned on biden they've not a joke they've They've given him some pretty tough coverage in the last week or so. So there's a possibility that he thinks he's going to get the friendly turn from uh, NBC and CBS and NPR, and he ain't. So that's kind of exciting. Hmm. So that's what I ought to look for. Okay. If you could they get might one of say, these. You know, like they said to Kamala Harris on NBC the other day, they might say to him, how the hell did you wait till now to get tests out? Yeah. For instance. Yeah. We're doing it now, she said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you could get one of these three things, which would it be? Have him tell the, hey, Joey, baby, Amtrak story one more time, even though it's fake. Get Corn Cob Chapter 2. I'm sorry. Corn Pop. Corn Pop, not Corn Cob. Totally different guy. And Although Corn Pop was a, a bad dude. Exactly. Or just have them look out and say, where am I? Why are you looking at me? I got to go with Corn Cob Chapter 2. <laughs> Corn Cob, surprisingly genial man. Here's your hope. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Here we go. There's already an Elvis of Trotsky now presenting Armstrong and Getty. And here's your host. Hear it. Your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody, Michelangelo, our technical director. Michael, final thought. Yeah, don't shame anybody for getting coronavirus. I was the kid in the third grade that got the head lice, and I was shamed. I know how oh. that feels. Wow. Oh, wow. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. Hey, Alex is our behind the scenes producer. Alex, do you have a final thought for us? Do yeah, we played a clip earlier of a reporter asking Boris Johnson a straight ahead question. If you didn't hear it, ArmstrongGetty.com, check the podcast. I loved the reporter going right after him. I think we need more of that from the press today. 
All right. Aggressive press. It's the, the, the something of democracy. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So Joe jumped on to order the tests. I'm refusing to get the tests as like some sort of really passive-aggressive stand against, I don't know, wealth redistribution or the stupidity of having us test at this point or whatever. So are you going to get the government tests? you going to order them? That and the masks or not? I'm wondering. My final thought is if you need a government test but you can't get one, I'll sell it to you for $25. $25 each. Each kit comes with two tests. That's $50 per kit. If you want both of them, I'll cut you a deal, 95 bucks. Wow. Order before midnight tonight. I'll send you um, this pen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only snuggie. mildly curious whether I even have the thing. I don't know. I feel all right. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. One thing I'm not is ashamed. I'm ashamed of so much, I don't have time to be ashamed of this. Uh, so many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed a chunk of the show, you can get it via podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, or wherever you like to get podcasts. You can email us if there's something we ought to be talking about. Send it along, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Hot links. Worth a click. Check them out. God, if you get COVID and you're ashamed or embarrassed, I feel bad for you. You're so far off track. Oh, my God. Yep. See you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm strong and getty. Hear me plainly. I will not sugarcoat this. I expected more. They think I'm kidding, man. The pathetic spectacle. You are totally incorrect. What in the hell heck are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So let's go out with a bang. I've woken up with hair on my tongue after a long, long night of uh, drinking. Oh, yeah. Just felt All that right. way anyway, like I needed to shave my tongue. That's some good analysis Um. Right there. Uh, <laughs> On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.